we use sound nowadays as forms of entertainment, but using sound as um, healing tools is something that dates back centuries. We've just kind of lost that connection in our modern world. Hi everyone, I'm Hetty Holmes and you are listening to Hacking Happiness with Dose, the podcast that explores what makes us feel good to improve our mental, physical, spiritual and emotional well-being. Whether it's a dopamine hit on reaching a career goal, a rush of oxytocin from spending time with loved ones, a surge of serotonin from practicing self-care or a fitness class to send endorphins soaring, everyone's definition of what makes us feel good is very different. My next guests are Stephanie Reynolds and Luca Magora, founders of House of Wisdom, a self-development centre focused on empowerment, meditation, movement and sound. We discuss the dangers of instant gratification, how gratitude and kindness can improve our health and happiness, and the importance of music and sound in strengthening social bonds. I hope you enjoy. Stephanie, do you want to start by explaining your your journey to getting here, to creating House of Wisdom? Sure. So ever since I was at school, I really didn't know what I ever wanted to do. I wasn't ever somebody that really started with a passion. I knew exactly where my end goal was. So I really struggled at school. Um, I ended up going to university and being doing the classic business management with marketing because it was kind of the catch-all for anybody that didn't really have that idea. Um, and so I spent most of my life up until maybe five, six years ago, figuring out what it was that I was going to end up doing. So I kind of bounced around a lot. After I did my business management degree, I decided that um, I really wanted to go into helping people, but figuring out where that, where that goal was, um, was a struggle. So I started off with human rights law because I thought maybe I wanted to go into that sector. Um, I found that really interesting. Um, When I came out of that, trying to find a job was quite difficult. So I ended up working in fashion for a little bit and that was quite fun because it was shorter market so I could get to travel a lot in between um, and through that I ended up spending some time in Beijing and trying to study Mandarin essentially I think because I didn't know what I wanted to do I was trying to kind of hold off taking the leap of, in doing that proper job as my brother called it um, but eventually I had to come back to real life and ended up working for a commercial property firm, which I worked for for about five or six years. And I had a great job. I earned lots of good money, great bonuses. I had a great team. I really enjoyed the people I worked with, but I just felt really unfulfilled and it wasn't what I wanted to do. So I, I tried to find my way out and I did that through um, nutrition and through Kundalini yoga and eventually found sound therapy. And that's when I took the big leap um, to leave my office job and to go off by myself, which was absolutely terrifying, but definitely the best decision I ever made. Um, And ever since then, really, sound therapy has been um, my dream and things really fall into place. When you're in the flow, things just happen for you. And you asked before how I met Luca. So basically, ever since I left university alongside trying to figure out what my career path was, I was also working in hospitality. So eventually me and Luca's paths crossed and I worked with Luca for about eight years before we came up with this um, concept a few years ago and started working on it together. And that's kind of how House of Wisdom has come into fruition. 
Amazing. And Luca, your, your background is, it's finance, isn't it? But then also you, you opened a lot of nightclubs in London. So quite, yeah, quite, quite hedonistic world that you're in. And then you've now turned to the world of wellness. So that's quite interesting. Well, people change, no? Of course, of course. <laughs> change is part of life and you make us grow. It was a, a necessary path for, for me and for my life. That's what I think. Uh, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate. Uh, I had a very good career, and I'm still having a good career in what I do. And I have a business until now, who was sustained my lifestyle extremely well. And I'm grateful for everything I had in the past 15 years. I have two master degree, one in business, one in sociology. I finished my second degree, and I decided to work before for Olympic Games. And then I, I moved to work in a bank as a credit analyst. The bank moved me to London. That's already 15 years ago now, so it's a long time. Uh, I know I look young, but I'm almost 40. <laughs> and then, um, and then uh, um, while I was working in the bank, you know, it's like a lot of people coming to London, especially 15 years ago. London was the, the place to be, the city to be in Europe. And I was extremely happy to be here. I knew that banking wasn't going to be my, my job. But as I tell to everybody who is, uh, who is younger than me, do not rush. You know? Don't rush in life. You, you are where you are. You are supposed to be. Be positive. Be proactive mainly. And things will come at you. Call it love, attraction, call it whatever you want to call it. But in reality, for me, it was essentially true. Then I met a guy who invested on me. I truly believe in having a mentor or a teacher in life because it can help you to, to actually reach targets that alone you cannot reach. And that guy really invested on me in nightlife. He saw something in me that probably back in the day I couldn't even see myself. And he started my career in nightlife. And I started opening my first club. My first club was, was good. And then from, from there, uh, the rest is history for me because we opened a very big brand called Toy Room, which we opened in seven locations around the world. We have the Cuckoo Club, which is an institution in London for the past 15 years. Uh, we have other locations in Barclay Street. And, and uh, in, during this process, of course, in met Steph, we been working together in one of the clubs for many, many years. And then during this process, people change, people evolve. You know, I, I, I personally never really was able to manage my stress. I was extremely good in everything, but I was very, very stressed. Uh, my level of adrenaline during the night was so high that people were thinking I was in drugs and I never took drugs in my life. That's how bad it was. Uh, I saw my friends fighting for it. They said, look, I never took drugs. Nobody could believe me. It was just my level of stress and my level of adrenaline coin, which was extremely good for a little while. I, I, I think that's one of the reasons why I became who, who I became. However, in the long run, even myself, I didn't think it was possible to sustain this kind of level. Yeah. And I wasn't happy. It was as, as simple as that. You know, as simple as that, you reach a, a point in life where people call you successful, when people uh, congratulate you on the street and you cannot even see it. You yes. said, oh, you cut, what do you congratulate me for? And I'm successful for what? I'm only doing my job. And it's me only doing my job, what I can congratulate you for. I arrived a moment where I said, I either change my way of seeing life and I find everything I can to help, uh, to help myself first, 
you know, because self-love uh, and self self-acceptance is the first step. Yeah. Or uh, I will never be able to to reach what I consider my happiness and my success. Yeah. And that was about three years ago. And then the past three years, I start doing courses and I start learning a lot. Knowledge for me was always a big thing since I was a kid. And then I met a wonderful person and now is my fiance. And we were in the same path at the same moment. And we decided together with Steph to do something. And they, the idea was how do we help others now that we all reach a different stage in our life. And at the same time, we try to make it a business which can make us grow in the health and wellness like industry. And we approach different parts, the part of um, sound, movement, and um, breath, which Steph was more familiar with, mm-hmm. and the part with, with empowerment and life coaching that uh, we were more familiar with. And we say, why we don't unify these two together? We create a space. We were very lucky because... We found an amazing space right in front of Regent's Park, so right central London, which is actually amazing. It is a beautiful, beautiful space. And um, the landlord uh, invested in us, and they really wanted us to succeed because um, they really helped us because we didn't have enough budget for the place that we got. And uh, here we are. In the past year, we start building, and we're building, and then we were ready to open... A week before the coronavirus started. Yeah, I know. Well, with things, you know, like burnout and anxiety so prevalent in our culture, why do you think we need a space like this, like more than ever? Obviously, pre-coronavirus and post. Yeah, so we've definitely, I feel, um, and I think that both of our journeys and Christina's can contribute to this, that we have lost our way and feel disconnected from um, our true paths, from understanding, as we put it, the fact that our wisdom is within us. So when we were more connected with nature and more connected with our communities and we lived a much more simple life, these things were all common knowledge to us. But as we've become more disconnected, as we become more isolated, particularly now, you know, we kind of lose this connection and it's really trying to bring us back to this. You know, we can see more than ever now that we are being so isolated that anxiety and stress are even more prevalent than they were before this. Um, Being overloaded with information, we're constantly surrounded with news, um, negative messages, things that kind of bring us down. So creating positive reinforcement through our messages, giving people tools and advice on how to... Um, reconnect with themselves, find their purpose, identify their goals, and really come back to this this wisdom that we do all hold within us is really important for us. Um, you know, I think burnout and anxiety does come from us feeling overwhelmed and feeling unfulfilled and being disconnected. I've, I watched a great documentary about um, how the opposite of addiction is an, is connection. Um, and really, really connecting back with our communities and ourselves is really important. In these strange times when we're all at home, it's so easy to reach for a glass of wine or a G&T. But I've discovered Amplify, the perfect drink to make sure you keep your spirits up. It's free from alcohol, free in spirit and tastes of vibrant orange citrus. I find it's delicious mixed with Mediterranean tonic and a slice of pink grapefruit. The bottle itself is like an actual artwork with a bright coloured painting on the label. It now sits pride of place in my kitchen. 
So it's time to swerve the midweek hangovers and make healthier lockdown choices. Check out at Drink Amplify on Instagram for mocktail inspiration or visit drinkamplify.co.uk and grab a bottle from Morrison's or Tesco now. On that note, we, we talk a lot about happy hormones at Dose and like dopamine is like the D and one of the one of the positive ones that's linked with exercise and motivation and drive. But it, sorry, my dog's just, um, but it's also, it can be a, a bit of um, a negative thing as well because it is associated with addiction and it, it's to do with kind of social media. We can kind of get hooked on it and that instant gratification of always needing to check our emails and check our messages from friends. And actually when we look for that, kind of um affirmation in the real world and we don't get it we feel dejected and lost so really interested to hear both of your feedback on that yeah because we live in a world of ratings you know we rate ourselves constantly every single day we have always some else, someone else better to compare ourselves to we our expectations are extremely high uh, now, we do understand now uh, that it's impossible to rate ourselves as human beings. The only thing we can really rate is our skills and our behavior, how we behave and uh, what can we do. But the younger generation and the generation that I have every single day contact with, they live in a world of ratings. So, so they do look of this instant sick gratification, which is, hey, 20 more likes on Instagram, or hey, five more comments, or like, of, hey, I can become a star on YouTube. And we all know the dopamine is great in small level, but when it's when extremely high, dopamine can be a bitch. And that's what really is for these people. And, and um, you know, it's our responsibility. I mean, I feel like it's my responsibility to, to try to help people as much as we can um, in... Uh, in day-to-day life. Because I'm not going to say that my generation had a, like easiest life, but at least I did not grow up with social media. Mm. I didn't. And I didn't have a phone until I was 21 years old. Yeah. So um, it, it, I did actually live a different childhood than uh, the younger generation now. It, we all know that everything starts from childhood. So it's extremely challenging for the younger generation to actually... Um, do something. And there is a world out there who tell you that everything is possible to reach. Yeah. And you think that everything is possible, everything is within reach, and then you grow and you realize life is not that easy. Yeah. I think it's important to say as well the fact that you briefly mentioned it before, but social media does have the same effect on our brains as things like gambling and addiction. It is creating that those boosts of dopamine that are excessive and long-term effects of that is actually the rewiring of the brain and these chemical triggers so it can be really scary i mean we are creating um a generation of addicts that might not be from the chemical um chemical effects of drugs but you know we are creating this addictive personality and that that is really difficult to break yeah and we can see now we can see now with coronavirus everybody's locked in Everybody won't try to do an, an online business. Everybody trying to use social media as much as they can to yeah. become kind of a social media star or to survive it, to actually do something about it. And I see so many of my people getting extremely frustrated because they actually cannot do anything about it, even if they have the idea or the knowledge to do it, but they don't have the network. Yeah. 
And so they putting themselves out there and the response is not what they want to be. And that's generate a lot of anxiety and a lot of frustration, especially right now in today's world. And, you know, and going back, like Steph said, to accept really who you are. You know, self-acceptance for me is the first step into living a more resilient life and a better life um, is the key. So if we can teach people how to do that, that's a bonus for them and yeah. for us. Thinking about relationships, though, especially during lockdown, the, the power of community is huge. And we're only really tapping into that through tech and, and you know, platforms such as zoom and house party that are allowing us to kind of connect with our friends and our work colleagues and so i guess during this time tech has helped us stay connected hasn't it and has helped us to stay happy with our friends i wonder you know house of wisdom must be doing some social content to keep your community engaged so it's interesting to say about the the kind of pros of of social media as well in this circumstance yeah definitely i mean without things like house party being able to connect with people and friends that often live abroad you know you would feel so lonely it is a double-edged sword social media because at the same time the movement of free um of of news across the world and moving away from what we're seeing in the media on the news on the television and being able to share content although some of it might be fake news um, and there is that issue of it not being regulated, but sharing these messages, such as all of the information we had about the bushfires and things that was just not being covered in modern, modern media. So it is really important. Um, and there are lots of channels on, on social media that are trying to push the positive reinforcement messages. So it's not all a bad thing. I think it is when used correctly. I think it's so important. Um, it's just, how i don't know if you could even regulate it but how it's how it's used is and and the kind of things that you're following and the and the messages that they're giving you is really important yeah like you said it rewires the brain so we have to use it really mindfully in order to create positive pathways right but you know that steph you know that and you also know that and i know that many people out there do not so our responsibility is to teach them or to to try to inspire them that hey it is possible to do them and still live, still live a good life. Because, you know, um, not everybody is in our path. That's what I say. Yeah, no, totally. So thinking back to kind of music and sound, Steph, which obviously you're very specialised in, how does this help with strengthening our social bonds? Yeah, so I, I, I think music in general um, is really amazing at connecting people and connecting people from different walks of life that they may not um, have any other similar um they might not be connected in any other form as opposed to being um around music or sound you know we use sound nowadays as forms of entertainment but using sound as um healing tools is something that dates back centuries we've just kind of lost that connection in our modern world it's still used so much um, with indigenous cultures using it as um, medicine songs and getting people you know together in ritual to sit together um, music does release oxyto- oxytocin in our brains so it really does create that feel-good factor um, Luca can attribute to this but bringing people to the dance floor it creates that community vibe it creates that connection and it does it does change it can change the world it can change how we revolutionize politics and 
if you look back in the past, the disco scene really brought together. Um, it really helped open up the LGBT community and was a, it was a great way to make them feel accepted where they previously weren't. Um, the Beatles, they helped revolutionize, you know, the hippie culture and really brought together like political messages that, that were previously not. So I think it's a really important tool um, for making people feel connected, for, for making people feel bonded, um, making people feel happy. Using your voice, singing songs is one of the most powerful instruments that we have and that we all hold. Um, and just listening to a song can, can really transport you to a place in your life, uh, a memory. So they are kind of like transportational devices, you know, they can really be emotive and really, really change the way you feel. It's definitely very powerful. Um, and using sound as healing is, is definitely very powerful. You know, these frequencies do affect the body. We are all electrical beings. We all emit a frequency, whether that's a table, a person, a thought, all of these things um, are really important and really can change your, your vibe, your, your feeling. Yeah, it's really interesting. And Luca, from your nightclub experiences, how, how do you see music bringing people together? Uh, music is everything. Uh, there is no life without music. We all think that. And it does bring people together. Music connects people. Um, it doesn't really matter what kind of music you like, uh, what kind of music you find. brings people together with this sense, like Steph said, I don't want to repeat myself, this sense of community. This is extremely strong. It's in the entertainment business, but in any other business, it's like out there. So... Um, I mean, what kind of life we, we left, we will live without music. Yeah. We don't know. We all listen to music 24 seven. Yeah. And Even when... all of those, those, sorry, those videos of um, people in isolation in Italy, standing on their balconies and singing songs, you know, you can see how it brings people together, how it makes people feel happy. Yeah, it's so powerful. And then you see people kind of spinning DJ decks as well, like to, to their audience. It's, yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, so obviously when this podcast goes live, it'll, it'll probably be May and um, crossing over with Mental Health Awareness Week, which uh, is all about kindness. So I'm just interested to hear your thoughts on how gratitude and kindness can affect our health and well-being. Um, so I think that gratitude is probably one of the most important things that we can talk about. I mean, I, I wear a T-shirt that says be kind. Um, <laughs> I think it is really important and it makes people... It makes people look outside of themselves, you know, often when people are stressed or they're anxious or depressed, they kind of have this focus on of, of themselves and maybe where they're not, um, where, maybe where they're failing or maybe where they're not doing as well as they can be. So by being gra grateful and looking at the bigger picture of, you know, the good things that are happening in your life, the, the, the ways that people are supporting you, um, can make you look outside of yourself, um, can create that positive image. I think being kind is one of the most important things. It, it costs nothing to be kind, to be gracious to people. Um, you never know what your actions, even just walking down the street, I find I've, I've been trying to connect with my neighbors, my wider community, just walking down the street, smiling at people, saying hi to people that you wouldn't have necessarily, you would have probably walked past before because you're, you're there on your phone. Um, and just like seeing my neighbors in their front gardens and just stopping by and just telling them how beautiful they look and just trying to create those little positive messages because hopefully we can carry this on even when we're outside of isolation. Being in London can be terribly isolating even when we're surrounded by thousands of people. 
So just trying to break down this idea that when you walk down the street, you smile at a stranger and you say hi, you're not going to be seen as this crazy person, but you know, you don't know how that might touch their lives. And we found that smiling and laughing is contagious. So you never know, they might then walk on and their day might be a little bit better and they might just, you know, it might just affect them in a positive way. So I think it is really important. Trying something new can change how you feel about yourself. Now you can get that feeling with ClassPass, the app that connects you to the best fitness experiences wherever you are. Keep your body flexing and your mind feeling good at home with unlimited access to thousands of free video and audio workouts with some of the world's best trainers. To get them, just create a free ClassPass account now. And so thinking about serotonin, which is often associated with like our, our gut and how we sleep, um, obviously the sleep market is worth billions. I think it's 432 billion, but a lot of us are still not sleeping. And they argue that this is down to the fact that we haven't got our circadian rhythm quite in check because we're slaves to our screens, our phones, our devices. So is this something that you really preach at um, House of Wisdom, like helping people to kind of disconnect from those devices to help them with their sleep I mean it's such a prevalent issue so yeah I think we I think with sleep there's so many things that affect our sleep it's hard to pinpoint exactly what that is um screen time is obviously something that is most prevalent in in the media when you look up these things you know blue light in particular can really affect our brains um so trying to disconnect from that an hour or half an hour before you go to bed making sure these things aren't in your bedroom. So the first thing you do when, or if you had a broken sleep throughout the night, you don't reach for your phone to check your messages or your emails. When you wake up in the morning, you don't reach for that phone. You know, lots, lots of us all have our alarms on our phones. So just having it by, by our bed is something that we're all so used to. They are frequency emitting devices. They, they will affect our brains. Um, so trying to keep them outside of our bedroom is really important. Um, also, stress and anxiety before bed. So creating bed rituals are, are really nice. Um, and trying to, if you, if you struggle with um, not being able to sleep, just keeping these rituals. So maybe ending the night with a hot bath or a book or meditation um, can all help contribute to your sleep. We don't preach necessarily to disconnect from your phones um but just creating a positive relationship with them so using them when they're needed and not all the time as we mentioned before yeah because i do think that most of us live an, an unbalanced life so our main goal here is to help people to live a more balanced life in in actually every single uh, like area of your life, um, can be a relationship, can be health, can be uh, food, it can be uh, to then like actually do benefit of uh, uh, of living an healthier life. And the sleep actually will will benefit. It did benefit me a lot, and I was a kind of guy who was working twenty four seven and only thinking about work. And mm-hmm. I was a, I was ending up also sleeping about work. So I was actually never disconnecting about work. It was a nightmare. Um, and then I had to learn how to live a more balanced life, how to eat better, how to exercise, uh, how to take a break, how not to 
check my phone the first thing in the morning, how to take a shower and then like answer my, my like email, uh, how doing things that are very important for me first thing in the morning and not last thing. No? I had to actually put a routine in place to actually help me to live a more balanced life. And what we're trying to achieve in our wisdom, helping the people through all our offering is actually, hey, because of what we are trying to teach you and what you are trying to learn, you, the maximum goal that you will have is actually will be able to live a more balanced life, which means a happier life. On a, on a more personal level, when you were going through that, recovering from that burnout, so what sort of things did you do with your diet and do you take any supplements or like how did you reset yourself? Energy in life is everything, yeah. right? We know that by now. There is no energy, there is no life. So mm. it's extremely important for you to know how do you spend your energy throughout the day. And what uh, uh, things that you're doing or what places or what people are draining you or energize you in life. Yeah. So for me, the first thing was ex- be extremely aware of what kind of practice I was doing or people I was with, they were actually draining my, my energy out completely. That I was coming back home and I, and I was so tired. And to actually understand extremely well, knowing my body and myself, mm-hmm. what activities and what people I was around with, they would actually energize me and bring my energy up. Yeah. Uh, that was my first step. That's what I think is everybody's step to actually yeah. be aware. Hey, how do you spend your energy throughout the day? Because yeah. it's the most important thing that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you cannot focus if you, if you don't have energy. You you almost can do nothing. And apart of that, then depending of what you develop, being deadly honest and aware of how you spend your energy, you can develop ritual that actually will help you to live a better life. Now, my ritual can be different from your ritual or from self rituals. No, uh, my rituals can be I need to read before going to bed every single day. If I don't read, I don't need like I don't sleep well and it's funny enough but the first thing I do in the morning when I wake up is read again so the thing I have to do before going to bed as soon as I wake up is where actually I read the most and I read what I want to learn first thing in the morning because my brain is is good and I actually read what relaxes me before going to bed and I do it every single day I, my fiance knows if I don't read sometimes she shouts at me switch off the light and I'm like I need to read otherwise I cannot sleep and then it's extremely important of course we know the importance of the diet and a balanced diet and some people say that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Some people say breakfast is not important. They need to do uh, like intermittent fasting, whatever there is. Um, it actually depends on of your body. For me, breakfast is everything. I need to have um, a very good breakfast to feel energized. I need to work out. I need to drink a lot of water. Um, I need to take a long shower. Uh, there are a lot of rituals which I do every day. But my main goal is what I told you until now. My main goal is give, is being aware at all time where my energy goes. Mm, yeah. All time. That's a really good thing. I've, I've heard about it, like lights and drains. You either have lights in your life or drains that take it away. And it's you reach a certain point in your life, don't you, when you just realize that certain people aren't giving you what you need and you have to do that. And I know that if, they, that if I, am, I am lucky enough to do so, but if I have to take a power nap at 3 p.m. for 20 minutes, I'm yeah. going to take a power nap at 3 p.m. for 20 minutes. 
yeah. because my body needs it. My brain needs it. I need to actually do it. Um, and it's extremely important. Most of the people out there don't realize that. And we all, have, they have places and they have things they do. And people, mainly people, they actually drain the energy. And then they complain why I feel always tired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why I cannot focus. Why I cannot do nothing. And the, the realistic is, hey, man, do you know where your energy goes? Because yeah. that's the most important thing. And, and at the beginning, because I didn't know, and we all know the importance of writing down stuff, I actually was writing down every single day where my energy was going. Yeah. So I actually knew, I was aware. Awareness starts with writing down because we all know that our emotional brain is much stronger than our logical brain. And if we don't write things down, we will never remember them later. Yeah. So for me, it was extremely important to write things down all the time when I was going through this exercise and said, okay, that person, no way, never again I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a conversation with him. It's too negative, doesn't bring me any good vibe. I feel so drained out. Yeah. I know it was extremely important for me. And he helped me a lot. You know, it's what I told you at the very beginning. Transformation and change is a process. And he, he makes me laugh, smile is the right word. When people say they can change, they can be transformed in a day or two. Change takes time. It's a very long process. Uh, I started a very big conscious aware change three years ago, and I don't feel nowhere near where I want to be. And it's been three years where I actually, I'm extremely aware in everything I do. Um, and uh, that's where it starts. Awareness and consciousness is where everybody should start to make a change in life and, yeah. and they will live a, a better one. And Steph, how about you? Have you got any like self-care practices you swear by? Like, what are your thoughts on the CBD trend at the moment that seems to have gone a bit crazy? So I've used CBD, um, especially a few years ago. I decided I wanted to test it out, see how it made me feel. Um, there wasn't any particular reason why I was taking it. I just wanted to see generally how I would feel, whether it would help me feel more relaxed or what, what it would be like just to take it. I, I have to admit, I am not... Um, I don't know huge amounts of it with based on the research. So mm. I can't, I can only comment from my personal opinion. Um, there is loads of evidence to support its benefits. It's benefits through um, anxiety relief or pain relief or making people sleep better. I think that it's concerning how, how much of it is about in the market. I feel like it's being abused slightly. Um, so I would be cautious when you go out and you buy a face cream and it has it in it or toothpaste or dog food. Um, really, you sh we should be researching these much more um, for our own personal use. And, you know, not all CBD oil is created equally. Um, you should really know where it's coming from, how much of it is in your food or cream um what what are the benefits behind it what are the the manufacturers that are making these products um just like everything you know we should be more aware of what's going into our products um i think there probably needs to be more regulation on the use of it yeah. um but i think it's it's just like with everything you know these things they come out they're a massive boom then we kind of catch up to how we're using them and they do become more regulated it becomes more strict on the messaging behind it um so yeah i think it's a journey 
Uh, I definitely, definitely think that it's, it's a great product, but um, just how we've used it, I think is slightly. Exactly. Okay. So, so thinking about endorphins now, so the one that's often linked with exercise and we spent the last 10 years kind of speeding up with these crazy high intensity workouts, but there's a real shift now towards slowing down, like low intensity exercise is now the trend. We're seeing a rise in meditation studios and places to just go and sit and stretch. Um, so what do you think has kind of caused this? Do you think it's just the natural cycle of things? Like we reach a point where we kind of burn out from all this cortisol and we need to recover? I've never been a fan of uh, high intensity exercise. That's just maybe because I'm just a little bit lazy when it comes to these things. Um, but I think the way that our society is, we are already so wound up through work, through stress, you know, how we relieve ourselves is by going out and, drinking loads or partying too much again not not fully recovering from our week um and exercise that does kind of increase these stresses on the body um you know you might feel great in the short term but what are the long-term effects of it i think through meditation through much more slower pace of exercise we are giving our body that time to relax that time to recover um and you do notice the positive effects on your on your mood um like you said, it's everything in moderation, everything in balance. So it's just coming to that awareness of how our body actually feels when, when we're putting, a, putting ourselves under huge amounts of stress and how we do feel when we are moving away from those um, and giving our body the time to recover because we are seem to be just, again, getting ourselves addicted to, these, to, these adren- to this adrenaline, this cortisol, and like making ourselves wired essentially yeah Luca did you find when you were working in that um, very fast-paced world of nightclubs that you you would also then over exercise as well because you were on the adrenaline the whole time so you wanted to keep that feeling going definitely definitely I mean people need uh, a more common life uh, the high intensity works out and uh, the high intensity life in general um, we just not very much in people's minds anymore, especially having a very high intensity life. Quality of life is becoming more and more important in people's minds. How do I spend my time and how, uh, and the quality of, of my time much more than work, 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 and, and living a very high intensity one. And I do think that because of that, people now are looking for something calmer that to make them uh, nourish the soul and the spirit and that's why there is a boom nowadays on meditation studio much more than yoga ones there is a boom on on sound healing with for a lot of people until one year ago was what is sound healing and 99% of the people didn't have idea or like what it is and people and I do think the trend will be more and more into that Mm-hmm. Uh, and less and less into high intensity workout, uh, we can see the trend going. We see that how will be um, a hit for this reason too, because it's where the trend is going. Mm-hmm. People want that in their life at the moment. Um, and um, definitely, um, times are changing, and they always do. Yeah. Um, and that's where we are at the moment. Yeah. And people don't realize that meditation boosts endorphins as well. You can get that same feel good feeling from just right, but breathing. For a lot of people, meditation is still scary. 
they 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 sing because they cannot focus uh, for more than 20 seconds then after one minute of meditation they just say okay this is not for me mm. it is just not for me like can i quit so yeah. um, you know and, and it is uh, i was just giving a class about resilience last week and i was saying the difference between mindfulness meditation and mindfulness like in general so for a lot of people mindfulness meditation is still a big deal mm-hmm. they are not ready yet to sit down for 15 20 minutes or 30 minutes uh, listen at their breath and uh, checking with their body but uh, everybody can can live a more mindful life um, everybody can spend three to five minutes a day Uh, like appreciating where they are and the sounds they hear and the smell and the taste uh, and look them around and what there is around them. So I really advise, and also this can actually create much more uh, pleasure life. Um, so the idea is if meditation is too much for you at this moment in life, don't force it, but learn how to be mindful. Because at the end of the day, even if you are more careful or how more mindful in how you eat, in how you take a shower, in how you brush your teeth, you will live a better life because you will start appreciating little things that for a lot of people, they don't even exist at the moment. As Luca was saying, you know, meditation can be scary for some people. The idea of sitting in silence is terrifying even for people that have been practicing meditation for ages. So understanding that through all of these um, disciplines you know they are different forms of meditation whether that's using your breath as being your own internal um, vibration or using sound which is the external frequency that we we use to help meditate or is it through guided meditation Um, and loads of our instructors are fabulous Um, jasmine from emerald and tiger she uses breath sound and reiki Um, becky hicks she does great move different types of movement we have Inner Axis, which is a wonderful um, movement meditation, which uses Qigong and yoga asana and breath work. Um, so we're really lucky with the, with the practitioners that we have. They're all fabulous in their own right. Um, and we have, been, we have been really conscious to make sure that we have some of the best practitioners. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they have hundreds and thousands of followers on Instagram or necessarily that they've been practicing for 15 years you know none of none of us um i know in in the beginning you you um asked us about how we've now become these wellness gurus something that i i am really conscious about is the overuse of the terms gurus and shamans and and these kind of things you know part of the beauty of all of us is that we're all still students and i think that's really important to not forget You know, not, none of us are enlightened beings, I would say. We are all people living our lives um, who have found these tools and these skills that have really helped us on our journeys. And we, we have come to a place where we have the correct training and the experience to share these with other people. Um, but I always consider myself as an eternal student. And um, I, think, I think the moment where we believe that we know it all and we stop learning is, is the moment when is our biggest downfall, I would say. Um, and I think all of the teachers at, our, at, our, um, at House of Wisdom would, would, would say the same thing, that they're all continually still learning and so intrigued in, in, in learning. Um, 
even though they are brilliant at what they do and we're very lucky to have them i think that's a lovely way to end the podcast guys thank you so much for your time it's been a real pleasure talking to you and i can't wait for the studio to actually open and to come and see what you guys are all about in the meantime we can tune into sessions can't we on uh, on your social media are you doing some kind of lives with your instructors or are you kind of holding back until until the big launch yep so we have some sessions already on instagram some pre-recorded sessions um we've been doing a couple of instagram lives ourselves if you go to our website, you can see our full schedule. So we're doing some Zoom calls. Um, all of our sessions at the moment are free. So just going online and signing up, um, we'll then send you through the Zoom link or whether they're going to Instagram Live. And just really experiencing what we've got on offer. Um, we really find it important right now to kind of support our community where we can, um, whether that's our teachers through giving them the space to share their practices or through um, the wider community to experience these things. So, yeah. Well, Luke and Stephanie, thank, thank you so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. If you have any questions about today's podcast, please drop us a line at hello at whateveryourdose.com.